the A to Z of Disease Podcast. Welcome to the A to Z of Disease Podcast with me, Rose Mokonyo. We have been discussing various diseases that affect children, and today we discuss asthma. With me on this episode is Dr. Penina Musioka, a pediatrician in Machakos, and she will be taking us through this episode. Welcome, Dr. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll discuss asthma today, and uh, it's because it's a very important topic to discuss. It's common, it is happening, and uh, we are getting more and more children with asthma, and uh, we have been wondering how comes it's on the rise, but I think it's because now we are making the diagnosis more than before. And I thank our parents because now they are accepting more than they were accepting before. Mm. Yeah. So what causes asthma? So asthma is not an infection. It's something you are born with. It's um, an allergic reaction, let me say it, that. But this reaction is only on the respiratory system. And it's on just on the lower respiratory tract system. Meaning, when you start... When I start explaining the respiratory system, it's from the nose, then you go to the trachea, then it divides to the different two bronchus, then you go down to bronchioles, then the terminal bronchioles, then you get to the alveoli. So the problem with asthma is because it's affecting your bronchioles. So what happens with your bronchioles? You are allergic. So you may be allergic to dust, cold, um, even the perfumes, so many things you are allergic to, far or that you are allergic to it. So when we are exposed to that, your body reacts. So how does it react? At the, those bronchioles, they will be able to produce certain chemicals because the body is able to do that. Those chemicals will make the, the, the bronchioles to contract. So they become small. That's one. So that's what happens every time in an asthmatic patient. Because you realize this patient was okay just now. Then, in a, you know, in a flash, they are wheezing. Then you're wondering what has happened. Mm-hmm. It's because it usually happens so fast. It's a reaction. It's an allergic reaction. Yeah. Those chemicals are produced and immediately the bronchioles, they contract and they, it's like they collapse. They become very small. The air is not able to pass and they're not able to breathe. Mm-hmm. So they are wheezing and they're struggling to breathe. What is the connection between asthma and bronchiolitis? Because on our last episode, we spoke about bronchiolitis. So is there any relationship between bronchiolitis and asthma? Okay, the relationship is they will always, but the cause of which is different. In bronchiolitis, we say the problem what happens in the terminal bronchioles, they would swell because of the infection, so they'll have edema, and then they'll have mucus inside it. Okay? Mm-hmm. In asthma, the difference is and then you realize asthma happens in a slightly bigger child is because the bronchioles usually have smooth muscles. So when that chemical attaches to the bronchioles, it makes them to contract. So they become smaller. So, and again, they also accumulate some mucus. So they'll also give the same wheeze and you'll also struggle to breathe. Mm-hmm. But how you'll manage is different because the causes are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you test for asthma? Is it the same way that we have a COVID test? Or do you do blood tests? Is it you test for, like the way we test for TB? How do you do it? Okay. So for you to make a diagnosis of asthma, it starts with a lot of history taking. So when you go to your doctor, we'll talk to you and understand first. How do these symptoms come? When do they come? What triggers them? And all that. Do you have a family history of the same? Because you'll find it's surely inherited or familiar even may say. You will find if this child is asthmatic or has asthma, 
the mother or the grandmother or the grandfather also has the same. So you get that family history. Number two, you do your examination. You'll find this patient, of course, sometimes when they come to you, they are well because, you know, the, the attacks don't come all the time. So they may come to you, they are well, they're not even having any problems, they are breathing okay, they are no wheezing. Some will present with their acute exacerbation. So they'll come to you, they are already wheezing. Most of them, they don't have even any fever, but they're just wheezing. Some will just start with their irritating cough, then they start wheezing. So they'll give you the history. When you examine them, you'll find some have what we call atopic dermatitis, and they have the allergic rhinitis, so the nose is running, and the allergic conjunctivitis, so the eyes are also red. They tend to go together because they are all allergic. Mm. And then what you can do to make a definite diagnosis of asthma is what we call lung function test. They are done. You are given something to blow and to see how much you are able to blow, just like though you blow a balloon. Mm. And then you'll be able to read according to that graph and tell you this is where you lie. And because you lie here, most likely it's asthma. And then what else you do is after they have done the first one, they will also give you uh, maybe a... Uh, inhaler, you take the inhaler, then you blow again. And then they look at it, they say, you see, after we've given you an inhaler, now you have improved. So that confirms most likely you are, you have asthma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the only way you can be able to make a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when a mother realizes that uh, their child has asthma, and probably there's no history of asthma in the family, or is there any likelihood of having asthma when it is not in uh, any other person in that family? Yes. It can happen. You can find this is the only person who is allergic in that family. It's very possible. Yeah. So it's uh, when you come and you are told your child has, don't get shocked and say no one else in the family has. Or sometimes it's those you know generations who pass and you don't even know about it. So it is very possible. We call them sporadic cases. You find it's the only person who has the asthma in the family. Mm. Yeah. So how do you manage it? Okay. So first, remember we said asthma is an allergic reaction. So the first way to manage an allergy is to prevent the allergen. So what are these allergens? So when you come, the doctor will discuss you in the office first of how to avoid the allergens. So we say, if it is cold, how are we going to manage cold? We make sure the room is warm, the child is always you know, dressed in warm way. That's one, you manage cold. Dust, the mother has to make sure the house is dust free. Um, you don't use carpets, and if you have to use them, you make sure they are clean, but usually easier ways to avoid them, because apart from the dust, it also gives you some fur, which you don't want. You also say to avoid cockroaches, because those dadamites of the cockroach, they, some when they inhale, they also get a, the a, attack. You also avoid um, perfumes, those strong perfumes. Fur, like pets, now you tell them it's time to get pets outside the house, because whenever they play with them, you realize they get there the reaction. The beddings also, you will have all those beddings which have those, mm -hmm. they're called fires, which yeah, you, yeah. They're, they're far. Yeah, yeah. 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 So please, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, those ones. So, first of all, is to avoid those ones. Then, number two, you know, there are those things you can't avoid because if they're going to school, the road is dusty, there's very little you can do about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what you're able to control, you control. That's one. Then, number two, we give them medication. So when they come, we're able to assess them, depending on how frequently they are getting. We call them acute exacerbations of the asthma. Mm -hmm. So is it coming every day? Is it coming twice a day? Is it coming, you know, every one week or two weeks like that? And you realize sometimes when it is cold, they get frequently than when the cold is warmer. You know, those kind of things. So you assess, the risk is assessed. Mm -hmm. 
and then you are put on medication. So the medications we are given is their inhalers. So this inhaler, one will be a steroid inhaler, and the other one will be a, a salbutamol. So mm -hmm. salbutamol is the drug which is going to help you when you have that acute exacerbation. The moment you take those two puffs, they go down to the bronchus we said, and the moment they were contracting, they help them to dilate. So we call them bronchodilators. Mm -hmm. So they dilate and then you are able to breathe better. Mm -hmm. Then now the steroids is what you are given to at least control the inflammation. Because this allergic reaction, it usually brings about uh, an inflammation. So what happens, every time you are having this acute exacerbation, an inflammation is happening in the bronchial. Mm -hmm. Every time you have an inflammation, every time you have an inflammation. Mm -hmm. So what will control that inflammation is that steroid inhaler. And we love the steroid inhaler because it goes where it is needed. So when you inhale it, it goes to the bronchioles. We mm -hmm. be being given oral steroids. Sometimes you can be given oral steroids, like when you come in a very bad, uh, very severe uh, exacerbation, you can be given even intravenous or oral. But we are given a very short time. What you can be given over a long time is the inhaler, so that we avoid the side effects of steroids. Is this inflammation that you are talking about, the one that uh, people with COVID-19 get? No, it's different. It's very different uh, from that because this is just, mostly you will find the, the bronchioles, of course they will swell a bit, then the chemicals, the histamine and all that will be produced, the mucus and all that. It's very different from what we get into COVID-19 because COVID-19 will go throughout the body. Mm -hmm. This one is just on the lungs. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that frequent inflammation over and over is with time, the bronchioles now, they become fibrotic. You know when there is a wound somewhere, it heals with a scar. And you know the problem with a scar, it does not dilate. You remember that? Yes. So it gets to a point that an asthma, you have asthma, but it's not responding to the bronchodilators mm -hmm. because it has refused to, to dilate. Yes. That becomes a very bad form of asthma. Mm -hmm. So to prevent that, that's why they are put on the steroid inhalers as early as possible mm -hmm. to prevent those kind of occurrences. Now, I spoke to a doctor who was uh, explaining something about uh, the steroids that are given to people with COVID-19 mm -hmm. and that it was uh, found out that it was causing the insulin to go down thereby making a person susceptible to diabetes. So is this steroid that you give that, that is in this nebulizer, does it cause the same effect on the on the child? Okay. So I think I'll just discuss uh, the side effects of steroids. Mm -hmm. Steroids in general they'll give you what we call insulin resistance. What that means is you know, the body produces insulin, but there are the receptors which you have to bind to that insulin to produce the effect you want the insulin to produce. But in these patients, you will realize that they are not able to do that because now the, the resistance, like you need a lot of insulin to produce that effect. Steroids do that a lot. Mm -hmm. So what happens, you realize us, what we are doing with asthma, we don't like giving you systemic steroids for a long time. Systemic means I'm giving you either orally or intravenously. As we are giving you as an inhaler. It only goes where it is needed, and we're giving you a very small amount. Mm -hmm. So you really get those kind of side effects in these patients. Mm -hmm. The A to Z of Disease Podcast. Does asthma really go away with time? Like, will a child outgrow? Okay, I would not say going away, but we realize some patients might outgrow it with time, or it gets better than the way it was when they were younger, but you can never say it goes away completely. 
because some will even stay 10 years and then you see again they have another acute exacerbation. But some, they have to grow a small percentage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, how can we prevent this? Uh, before we go to prevention, when we talk about the management of asthma, and you say it is caused by some allergic reaction, we have uh, antihistamines on the on the shelves. Does it help uh, relieve the, the child from, from this effect? Okay, antihistamines, they are good. They have been shown to help because, of course, one of the chemicals produced there are histamines. But the problem with asthma and antihistamine uh, anti is because, you know, the problem is down there in the lower respiratory tract. The mucus is there. I give you an antihistamine. I'll give you a bit of relief as far as the cough. But now the mucus will harden and it is down there. So it realize this child has to cough harder to get the mucus out. Mm -hmm. So personally, I will say instead of giving the antihistamine, I better give you, because if I know this is asthma I'm dealing with, then the inhalers will take care of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'll give you the steroid inhaler and the bronchodilator. How will a parent know that their child is worsening? Remember we said asthma is a chronic inflammatory condition which usually has allergens as triggers. When you have a, patient, a child who has asthma, as a parent, you have to keep on monitoring them closely. When you notice this child looks like he's getting more tired than usual, is not playing the way they used to play, cannot run the way they were running before, you have to start asking yourself, is my child getting worse? Of course, you realize also they start wheezing when they run, or they start coughing when they start running, or you even realize, even that running is a problem, they cannot run. You'll find the child will prefer to walk, or they prefer just to play the games when they are seated. It's time to start asking yourself, is this condition getting worse? Again, when they are getting those acute exacerbations, you will know. Because it's a patient who will start coughing, which is a persistent cough, then you start wheezing, and then they'll have the difficulty in, in breathing. At that time, is the time to know that I need to give the bronchodilators, which you say that once you are going to relieve these symptoms immediately, and then afterwards, you need to go to see your doctor. Is there a way that you can prevent asthma? There is no really a way you can say you can prevent asthma, but you can reduce the incidences. For, ex for example, um, it has been shown that those children who are already born at risk of asthma, uh, the ones who are breastfed, they have been able to reduce that incidence of getting asthma, and even the ones who get it, they get a mild form. That's one. Number two, there is this hygiene hypothesis which was uh, discussed because it was being shown that the children are more likely to get asthma are the ones in the urban areas vis-a-vis -vis the rural areas. And it was said that in the rural areas there's a lot of that. So they, you know, it's about the, the way the body immunity responds. So they are more likely to not get asthma even in the rural area than in the urban area. But are we trying to say you eat that? Because somebody was saying maybe a warmer day will keep asthma away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but per se, you can't say you can really prevent it. What you can do is, once it comes, to know how to manage it. And of course, I would insist, when you breastfeed, I think it actually helps to lower that risk of getting asthma if someone was already predisposed. Because, you know, this is something which is genetic. Mostly, prevention, you said, is better than cure. And uh, for asthma, the best prevention is to prevent these allergens. And these allergens are quite diverse. First of all, you have, if it is cold, you know you have to modify the environment. Dress warmly, and if you're able to even have a heater and make the, warm, the room warm, the better. Number two, make sure your house is dust-free. At least outside you can't do anything, but in the house, make sure the house is dust-free, the clothes are dust-free, the carpets are clean. Make sure you avoid woolen garments which can remove the fur. 
Even the blankets, which be the ones you don't have the fur, so that it does, when they inhale that fur, they also get a, uh, an attack. Then the other thing is perfumes, of course, you do very mild ones or even avoid them all at once. Make sure your house is dust mite free. And uh, the most important, avoid smoke. And smoke, we are saying smoke is sm anyone smoking inside the house or around those children or those people with asthma, it's very important to avoid it triggers an attack. And not just that smoke, even that smoke when you are cooking with firewood or charcoal, it's very important to, to avoid it. And even if you have to do it, make sure the place is very well ventilated so that the child does not have to inhale that kind of smoke. And then, of course, we said infections are the other triggers. So if you can be able to also prevent those infections, the better. And we, made, we say the basics and washing now, wearing masks when you can, avoiding overcrowded areas, all that will help you prevent those upper respiratory tract infections. Is there a way that you can prevent asthma, not from the attack now, but preventing asthma altogether? There are those people who are born already predisposed to getting it because of the fact that your parents had it your great-grandparents had it because you see there is a genetic component to it that you can inherit it. But studies have shown those people who are mostly breastfed well exclusively until six months, that risk is usually a bit modified and you find most of them they won't develop and even if they develop that asthma, it's a mild form of it. Otherwise, there's no another way you can be said that you can actually prevent it completely. But just that breastfeeding has been shown to help in those kind of conditions. How is asthma related to COVID-19? Um, the only challenge with COVID-19 and asthma is, you remember already you have a lung uh, uh, illness because asthma is basically in the lungs. So you'll find if you get COVID-19, you're more likely to get a severe form of the COVID-19. So you may more likely go into respiratory distress or even a respiratory failure when you get COVID-19. So what are we telling our patients with asthma? We are telling them the beauty of it we have realized once you have started washing hands and wearing masks, you are more likely to get those exacerbations because even the dust you are not getting. And also these frequent infections, the flu infection you see here and here, you are not getting. So wear the mask, wash your hands, use your medication well. So if you're on inhaler and the steroid, the steroid inhaler and the ventral inhaler, use them the way you're supposed to use them and take the other measures. If you do that, you realize you're more like, less likely to get the, the COVID-19. Mm. And even if you get it because you're already well controlled, you may not get the severe form of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is there anything else that you might want to add on asthma? Okay, I'll just say like the other ones, just like though we have COVID-19, can trigger a severe asthmatic uh, exacerbation. It's the same way the other flu vaccine, the flu viruses do. So also the flu vaccine, we have seen it help the patients with asthma because it also reduces their risk of getting uh, acute exacerbation. Because this patient, apart from the triggers we talked about, any viral infection they get, it would also trigger an acute exacerbation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dr. Tari. That was really insightful and really in-depth about asthma. I have learned a lot. I, there's so much I didn't know about asthma, and today I'm so glad I learned. I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I'm sure so many other people have also learned. And uh, thank you so much. Um, I hope to catch you next time on the next episode of A to Z of Disease Podcast with me, Rose Mokonyo. The A to Z of Disease Podcast.